So today's daf is daf dalid, and we pick up at the bottom of Gimlamit Bet, and the current topic under discussion, I mean this debate of Rabin Rava, which is still going to last us for a few days, which is whether the reason for the Mishnah that the uh, Shaliyah says who the person who delivers the get says it was signed and sealed in front of me is he basically need to testify that it was done according to the halacha which, or the specifically the halacha of Lishma which is Rabba's opinion or was it that it was in order to validate the signatures so that if the get ever gets challenged in the future it should not be difficult it should not they should not have to face the challenge of the difficulty of finding people who recognize and can validate the signatures that's Edim Tzim Lekaimo and as the Gemara really pointed out um, there are two words there are two things he's claiming written and signed so signed seems to support the idea that it's about knowing who the signatories are or and, uh, knowing that it was properly signed and written seems to emphasize the idea that it was uh, followed the halachas of how again it's supposed to be written so the question is how does each position deal with the other phrase um, so Rava who says it's about validating the signature said that the, person of the, fani, the pre- purpose of the Fani Nikhtav was just to uh, see Signal that this is special, that this is not a normal validation of signatures, um, because since this is really only being done with one person, which is unusual, as we explained, we normally need two people, two witnesses to validate signatures, and so people should not get confused and misinformed and make mistakes or whatever about how many people are needed to validate signatures. They see that if the person is testifying to the fact that it was also written in front of him, they realize that this is something distinctive that is going on, it's unique to get in, it's not just about the signatures. So that's what Rava said. But for Rava, who says that it's a specific, unique Gitin issue to testify that it was done properly, just say, it was written. What is the purpose of emphasizing signed? So the Gemara here assumes that it must be that Rava, Rava understands that the Mishnah, which needs one to testify about both being signed, written and signed, that the Mishnah follows a position that demands that the laws of Gitin be followed, and there are special requirements of Gitin be followed, not only in the writing, but even in the signing. Um, and this is, and, you, and therefore it wants to explore who is it that has these equal demands in the writing and in the signing. And it puts out, and it's very helpful because it puts out for us right here on yesterday's staff, second staff in the Masechet, a fundamental debate that is going to carry through for the rest of the Masechet, which is basically what makes this piece of paper into a get. Is it, is it that the way it is? Is it the writing of it? And it was written and followed the right halachas and so on? Or, until it's signed, it's just a piece of paper. And it becomes a get when it is signed and that turns it into a document that really speaks in the voice of witnesses that carries weight and so on. And that it sees as a debate between Rebbe Eliezer and Rebbe Mayer and it sort of... Uh, sees as a way of like a, uh, of a, of a way of testing that debate um, when do you need to, this requirement of mechubar uh, that it cannot be written when it is attached to the ground there cannot be not be anything between it becoming a get and it being delivered okay so Rebbe Mayer says that really is only that there can't be anything between it being signed and being delivered so for him it is really just the signing of it that turns it into the get and that is a phrase of a day and in Yeshivish language, Karti. Okay, so the word Karti is like the word Korate, but you have like Korate Habrit, and you have Kritut, right? So it, like, it cuts it, it makes it into the get, it makes it into, that it, is, it is the signing that turns it into the get. So the requirement is, between, it's only between it being signed and delivered that it cannot be attached to the ground, but the evidence could be attached to the ground when it was being written. That's 
that's Rebbe Meir. As opposed to Rebbe Eliezer, now, being attached to the ground is not a great example there because if it isn't attached to the ground when it's being written, it's also not going to be attached when it's being signed. So what it uses for Rebbe Eliezer to demonstrate for him the opposite, that the key is when it is being written, is the, is the point that he says that you do not need the get to be signed. Okay? He says that if you deliver a get that is not signed, it is a kosher get, provided that there, no, even the chatrila, at least it's kosher, even midurabanan at least, well maybe bidiyah, but no, it's, it seems even the chatrila. Okay? Um, because he says that you do not need, the signatures do not, are not necessary to be part of the get. Okay? So that is the position of, now, it does not mean he doesn't need witnesses at all. Okay? He says you need to deliver it in the presence of witnesses. Now here's an interesting conceptual question within Rebbe Eliezer. Is it that he needs it to be delivered in front of witnesses the same way what else do you need to do in front of witnesses similar to giving a get? What else is not a valid act unless it's done in front of witnesses? Kiddushin, right? If you give a ring to, to a woman, a man gives a ring to a woman not in front of witnesses, it's not a good kiddushin. So one way of understanding his requirements for there to be witnesses when the get is delivered is not about the actual instrument of the get. It is about the need for witnesses to make getting or kiddushin valid, just to test witness the act that is being done. The other way to understand it is that he feels no. The witnesses actually also somehow combine, are, are part of making it into a get, but they still don't have have to sign to get they just have to be present okay but that's what he says Adi Masira Karti okay which means the ones that witness the get being given okay giving given over right okay no but but let's assume no signatures okay well now the next question is what happens when they do sign it what does that mean for Rebbe Eliezer what happens if the husband's sending it with this well we'll get to yeah go ahead he's not requiring there were witnesses to that original uh, appointment? Yeah. That's an excellent question. Okay? Do you need witnesses to be able to testify to all the pieces to put them together to know that this guy was assigned as an agent by the husband or not? Or do you just need witnesses for the act of delivery? Great question. I'm not going to answer it now. Okay? But I'm saying that is a really, really good question. Okay? So that is what Rebbe Eliezer says. Okay? So you does not need signatures. Does not need signatures. But you do need... But you do need, but you need, okay, you need witnesses for the delivery. Witnesses for the delivery. Okay? That is what he says. And the question is, does that mean you need it just because it's an act of divorce? Or does that mean that you need it in order to create the actual object of the get? They just don't have to be signed. But now the Gemara, but this is the big debate. What, turn, do, do the signatures turn it into the get or not? So the Gemara says that for Rebbe Mayer, it's only the signatures. So why would you have to, t- and therefore all the requirements, the Gemara assumes, which is an amazing idea, is the get is a piece of paper until it's signed. So there's no logic that you could have any demands on the writing of the get. All the requirements of Lishma and so on are only on the signing. So the Sofer writes it. You could just print it off of your computer. You have nothing in mind. You're not thinking of this particular woman. You print off a million Gitin with random different names. Doesn't matter. Oh, you're a Shimon and you want to divorce a Rachel. Okay, here we go. Here's the get for you. Okay? And it means nothing until it is signed and therefore you would only have to testify that on the signing. And for Rebbe Lezer, the assumption is the witnesses are not relevant to the get. The witnesses are just part of witnessing the act. 
So therefore, there's no way you could demand any anything to be done specifically, uniquely, like Lishma requirements on the signing. So who is it that rec- it has demands both on the writing and the signing? That's the question. So that's a summary of yesterday, or a spending a little few more minutes because we, we, we were a little uh, cut short for time at the end. And now, let's pick up at the bottom of Gimel Ahmed's It says like this. Um... So the Gemara says, Sha'in, I'll pick up five lines from the bottom and reread one line of Rabbi Eliezer's quote. Sha'in ha'edim, chosmin al haget. The Aiden do not sign the get, according to Rabbi Eliezer, only in order for the betterment of the community, of the society. Which means what? Which means if you don't have, um, it, it's hard to find those witnesses that if you just have people standing and watching, you know, who knows if the woman's going to claim I was divorced and they'll say, prove it. Right? So what are you going to do? Go try to find who those people are who were standing and watching the delivery? So it's helpful to have the get signed. Okay? Now the question is going to be, but you know, how weighty are those signatures when they go ahead and do sign it, right? What is the meaning of those signatures if they're not required? All right? So that's going to be something that we're going to look at in a few minutes. So now the Gemara still wants to know, so who is it that requires both the writing and the signing? The Ella says the Gemara, Rebbe Meir, he, fine. Let's say Rebbe Meir does make, does require the writing. Now, how can he require the writing if it's all about the signing? <laughs> when does he not demand that the writing be done properly? Like, or it doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be written on, it can be written even on a tree by the Eved, um, as long as it's signed when it's cut down. So why, when is that true? Midoraita, uh, biblically speaking. But Midorabanan, rabbinically, boy. Okay? So that makes sense. Rabbi Meir would say, look, it's true, it really all comes through the signing. But, you know what? That's going to lead to sloppiness and all of the halachic requirements I will apply to the writing as well. Okay? So maybe that's the position that you care about the writing and the signing and that it is, um, and that it is the signing is what you need from a Torah perspective and the writing is what you and all of the demands and the writing is from a rabbinic perspective so the Gemara says one minute Rav Nachman says that Rabbi Meir used to say um, even if you found a get discarded in the garbage pail okay so somebody else who had your name and whose wife had your wife's name okay of course the question is that if you're, you know that's a little funny because if you have two people with the same names and same wife's names you might have to be more specific in the get so it's a little question how you could find the perfect uh, named get. But let's say, I don't know, the sofer was, uh, you know, the sofer was practicing, you know, doing some classes with practicing writing a get. And he said, John Doe divorced Jane Doe. Well, actually, there was a couple named John and Jane Doe. And you happen to find that get, okay? <laughs> so the point is, even if you found a get in the garbage pail that happened to be exactly right for you, okay, the chasmo v'nasnola, top of Dalai Aleph, and you signed it, and you had it signed and gave it to your wife, um, oh, there's always in the male voice, of course, course, kasher, it's kasher, okay, so you see that, you know, now, now maybe there's a little bit of like a bidyeva there or something, but it sounds like that he says it's completely kosher, there is not even a rabbinic requirement that the writing follow any particular rules, and if you say, says the Gemara, that's only speaking at a biblical level, but maybe rabbinically it's invalid, well you really wouldn't say kasher if it was invalid rabbinically, which is sort of what the Gemara says, if 
that's true, Omer Hayyar Rabbi Meir Dvar Torah Mibayalei. It should have said Rabbi Meir should have said as a from a Torah perspective it would even be kosher. But he's not saying that. He's saying it would even be kosher if you did this. So clearly, Rabbi Meir, even at a rabbinic level, meaning maybe there's an idea of like lechatchilim b'dievet, but but bottom line, even at a rabbinic level, he does not demand that the writing be done in any particular way. All of his requirements focus on the signing. So there's no way for Rabbi Meir you would have to testify to how the writing was done. Okay, because no matter how the writing was done, it would be kosher. Okay, so we're still stuck. Who demands both the writing and the signing? So the Gemara says, Ela Olam Rabbi Meir Fine, it's Rabbi Lezer. So now Rabbi Lezer is the one who focuses totally on the writing. He doesn't even need the get to be signed. So why would you have to testify about how it was signed? When is it true that Rabbi Eliezer does not demand, does not focus, uh, does not require it to be signed? That's true. You don't have to sign it. But if you didn't have any witnesses sign it, no problem. But um, if you are going to sign it, boy, then he's going to say, okay, you don't have to sign it. But if you do sign it, then you have to follow the rules. Okay? Now, how do you know that? What's the logic for that? The Amr Rabbi Abba, because Rabbi Abba said, Modem Rabbi Eliezer Rabbi Eliezer would agree by something that is forged from within, that it's invalid. Now, forged from within sort of means something that has an intrinsic problem. Let's see how Rashi explains this. Rashi says, um... Uh, five lines down in the near lines let's say right for example I'll give you an example somebody says to me Rabbi Linzer I'm doing a wedding can I have as um, you know as like uh, what would be an example oh for witnesses for, my, for, for the Tnayim can I have non-kosher witnesses sign the Tnayim okay right so I say look you don't have to do the Tanaim. Tanaim is just a vestige, right? We don't, Tanaim don't mean anything anymore. You don't want to do the Tanaim and be my guest. But if you're going to do the Tanaim and you're going to use a document, then you don't go ahead and do something that purports to be like a standard kosher document and you do it with non-kosher aidim. Like, I don't care if there isn't a document, but don't do it and do it in the wrong way. Okay? So that's what Rabbi Eliezer is saying. If you don't want to sign it, be my guest. But if you are going to sign it, you can't sign it with non-kosher aiding. That's Mizuyak Mitoko. You're putting the problem into the document. You don't want to have it, don't have it. But don't do it and do it in the wrong way. Now, that's all very nice. But what does that have to do with Lishma? Lishma is not like, it was like, you know, who said, it's like, like witnesses that are relatives or witnesses that are invalid are, are, are problematic witnesses. So you don't sign problematic witnesses. But if you signed it without Lishma, that's only a problem if you demanded Lishma in the first place. Whoever says that Lishma was even a concept, right, relevant to the signing for Rabbi Eliezer. Is that clear? Meaning Rabbi Eliezer does not demand it to be signed. But conceptually, signing is giving testimony. So if you're going to do the signing, you have to be classic testimony. You have to have kosher witnesses, right? But whoever said that not doing it Lishma should ever be an issue? So the Rashi just throws it in. He sneaks it in there. Oh, Shalom Lishma. Okay, or if you did Shalom Lishma, that would also be a problem. Which basically means, you know, now Tosa says, look at Tosa, he raises that question. Mo Rebel Yazabim Mizuyif Mitocho, Tame Lurie, Ma Inyan Shalom Lishma, 
Limazif mitocho, shechosim bo krovim opsulim. Right? What how can you compare them? Right? They're a case of invalid witnesses that that is a problem. You didn't have to do it, but if you did it, it's a problem. So shalolishmo. To harsam by invalid witnesses, the din is so. Of course it's going to be invalid. Mishum dilma. Now he says another reason, like a secondary reason. Dilma asi lemitzmachalai lahasiyol hotzi mamon, because you'll miss, because if it's not kosher testimony, you'll wind up using the get for testimony purposes to prove she's divorced to remarry or in order for her to collect her ksuva. Okay, but whatever. So he actually gives very practical aspects. But the point is, if you're signing witnesses, they have to be kosher. Okay? Avohacha, I'm skipping down, where it says, line starts with the word she'edim. Avohacha she'edim k'sherim, kosher witnesses. Eloch shechasm shalolishma, matagoyish pekachim nismochalehem. Who cares, right? So there's, it's not transparent why you could say just because you can't use kosher witnesses it has to be lishma if you don't have to sign all together then why when I'm signing do I have to do it lishma okay and then he says like this v'yesh lomar four lines before the end of that tosvos okay so he gives an answer which is not at all not as interesting as mizuyaf mitocho it's like once you're signing we're going to apply sort of like what the Gemara said before for Rebbe Meir once you're going to sign we're going to apply the rules to the writing to the signing because if we have different rules about the signing, you'll come to slip up about the writing as well. So it's really not a statement of, you know, uh, of mizuyach mitocho, some type of intrinsic, you know, invalidity that you're inserting into the gets. But just look, Rabbi Elazar does not require you to sign it. But if you signed it, then there's at least a rabbinic requirement that everything be done in the same way and follow the same rules. Okay, so that's the Gemara's answer. Who is the opinion that requires both the writing and the signing to follow Lishma demands that is Rabbi Eliezer he didn't need to be signed but if it's signed it's got to follow the same rules now I want to suggest something a little more like uh, you know radical about that I'm sorry I gotta remember to put this on lock. Okay, I, I want to suggest I want to suggest something a little more radical about that, which is I remember I mentioned to you before the question, which is why when Rebbe Eliezer you do sign it, can you use those signatures, right? You mean you know, and we'll talk more about like what makes something into a star and so on. But it could be that Rebbe Eliezer says you don't need the signatures, but when you put them in, right, the idea that you can now rely on them, the woman to get remarried, they do actually become even on a deal right to level part of the get. Meaning, the right thing, you don't need it. You can have the witnesses external. But if you did put it on, then the Torah recognizes that as a get that has witnesses in it and that has testimony in it. And the Torah recognizes the meaning of those witnesses. If you say that that's true, and uh, there are Rishonim that say that, that according to Rabbi Eliezer, when the witnesses are put on, it's not just circumstantial evidence that there were witnesses. It's like any classic star that they are Doraisa recognized as part of the get. And therefore, the get can be used as evidence and as proof. Well, if that's true, maybe even at a Dilraisa level, once you put the witnesses on, they actually do require the same, the same criteria as the writing of the get. Okay, so that is what the Gemara is saying for Abigail You don't need the witnesses, but if you put the witnesses on, then they actually are going to require, have the same criteria as the writing of the get. Tosa says that that's a rabbinic idea. You know, we, we, you don't want one thing to slip up into the other thing. But I'm suggesting that it could even possibly be 
a, a Doraita requirement. If you're going to have it, once you put it in, it becomes part of the get, and it requires the same criteria. Well, not better for the woman not to have it. She's going to need this get to remarry. Okay, just be careful. Follow the rules. So, no, okay. you don't need the signatures. Be you don't. It, fine, she's divorced, but she's going. She, she needs them practically. She doesn't need them for her legal status, but she's going to practically need it. That's the tikkun olam if she's going to want to remarry. What she's going to do? Have to schlep these people into court. Everybody. Only if there is an error, right? Me, meaning, she no, no. You put, not going to let her marry. Of course not. You put a piece of paper that you you wrote this at home. Well, what is the evidence? If it be the right to work, then she can get married, right? No, the right to work, but nobody knows about it. I go and I buy your car, your Jaguar, which I always have my eye on, right? And we do it in a, we do it in an alley, and nobody knows about it. Right. Okay, and I don't bother to have any witnesses. Do I right? Do I own your car? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Am I going to be able to take it if you deny that you ever sold it oh, to me? No, I'm saying only if there's error. No, no, no. Forget you deny. Okay. I come to Basin. You're. It's parked in your garage. I come. You're not home. I come to Basin. They're not going to let me do it either. Okay. They're not going to let the woman. I'm trying to use a, uh, an ownership example, but they're not going to let the woman remarry without evidence. She has a status of an HSE. It's very nice that God knows that she's divorced. Doesn't matter. Who's going to be the rabbi? Who's going to be whatever? The society won't let her. How could you get married? You were, how could you get remarried? You were married to this other guy. I got divorced. How do you know? How can you prove it? They do not allow it. Any woman, I don't understand. Any woman just says, oh, of course I got divorced. Right? And that's circumventing the, uh, no, but everyone's going to have a get. Like, you know, it's not... So fine. Go ahead. Pay us over $5 to write a get, but don't get it signed. Yes. What's the purpose of having one without the witness? The purpose is, well, okay, A, you are divorced, so okay, you go somewhere, they don't know you, you could get away with, like, get away with it, like, maybe you could find a place that they, you know, that they don't know your previous story, so you don't need to prove it, okay, but you can't prove it, or that's the witnesses that are external to the get, that are seeing it, if you could schlep them into Basin, okay, or if they're smart enough, so what you do is, right after you got the get, you take those witnesses and says, come with me to court, we're going to go get this registered or something, okay, but the point is, that's his tikkun olam. All right, the tikkun olam is, is that that's not always convenient. You don't always do that. It's better to have a signed document I right away. Here and never sort of basically. We're not requiring it. We're giving you the option, but it's a, it's an option you really want to be taking. Well, All right, you don't have to. Whatever we just described, in some cases you don't. But you know, you want to be smart. That's what you'll do. Okay, so now the gemara says like this. Okay, so the message is like this. Ravashi, um, so that's our answer. And we've now very brilliantly, in the first, da- second half of the Gemara, introduced a major conceptual question about what makes something into a get. And we have one opinion that it's just the signing, one opinion that it's just the writing, and one opinion that, well, it is just the writing, but when you sign it, those signatures do become part of the get, rabbinically or biblically, but they do become it once you do get it signed. Okay, now the Gemara says, um, Rabbi Huda invalidates the get unless it's both written and, and signed when it is not attached to the ground. Now, of course, it's a funny case because if it's written when it's not attached, it's probably going to be signed when it's not attached. But I guess you could imagine a case that I don't know, I wrote it on something and then I planted the thing. <laughs> Unless the thing takes root and then I signed it. Okay, so you could theoretically imagine a case. So he says, anyway, it's a way of saying this idea of muhubar is a way of saying like the requirements apply to the writing and the signing. 
Now, we don't know conceptually what world is he coming from, right? Is he saying you need to sign and I see and you need and you need to write? And but you know, is he like a version of what we said for Rebbe Eliezer? Or maybe he's his own idea. Maybe he's saying that both of them combined make it a get. It's not either or. You need to do both and they both combine and make it a get. And the requirements apply throughout. Okay, but there is now a nice third opinion. Okay? Both the signing and the writing and the signing is when it is not attached to the ground. So that's nice. Ksiva and Chasima. Now the Gemara says, well, that was pretty obvious. So why don't we just jump to Rebbe Yehuda? Well, that wouldn't have been fun then. We wouldn't have introduced to all of us this important debate. But the Gemara isn't going to say that. So why did we not just start with Rebbe Yehuda? So the Gemara says, because we would rather have said the mission was Rebbe Meir to Stam Masnis and Rebbe Meir because a Stam Mishnah is Rebbe Meir and our Mishnah is, 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 is you know um, 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 anonymous and therefore we would have rather the Mishnah has been a Rebbe Meir position because it would have it, our, our, our Mishnah we'll get to that in a minute the named position but the first statement that you have to say is a anonymous statement so we would rather have been consistent with Rebbe Meir so that's why we tried to see if it was consistent System with Rebbe Meir, and we said no. Rebbe Meir only focuses on the signing. Now, Madrina and Rebbe Eliezer. Then we would also have liked it. Then we tried to make it go like Rebbe Eliezer. We would have liked that to happen. To Kaimulon Hilchasak Tavasei Begitin. Okay, now that's very important. We just laid out a super fundamental debate, which has huge ramifications, and now the Gemara has told us within this you know in the same discussion how we paskin so Michael you should be very happy because Michael's always okay but how do we paskin okay so it's really amazing in this you know right at the beginning it's very well structured for Sugya you know it introduces these fundamental ideas and even tells us how we paskin we rule like Rabbi Eliezer at least by a get by other Shtarot is a different discussion but we rule that you really do not need the signatures in the get the get could be kosher even if the witnesses are external and not signed. So we would have liked it to have worked with Rebbe Lezer. We would have liked it to have worked according to the halacha. Okay? And therefore, we delayed going to Rebbe Yehuda, who is neither Stam Mishnah and neither the halacha that we paskin. Okay? Um, um, okay, and that's where we are. Now, of course, it's a little bit of a problem because while the Mishnah is Stam, you have all these all other Tanayim, right? You have Rebbe Lezer, you have Rebbe Meir, you have Rebbe Yehuda. Right? So how does it work if the whole idea of only works according to Rabbi Yehuda. So one thing I'll say is this is only a uh, provisional explanation. We're actually going to change later, so that's number one. But even at this stage, you know, it goes back to the point I was saying at the first day, which is there's a Stam Mishnah and later Tanayim are really just explaining the terms of the Stam Mishnah. So they don't necessarily themselves, you know, hold by... Now, it would be funny. What the Gemara is really suggesting is if you ask Rabbi Meir, what does the Shaliyah have to say? Rabbi Meir would say, oh, he only has to say Bafani Nechtam. And if you would ask Rabbi Eliezer, what does the Shaliyah have to say? Unless you go the Mizuyas Mitocho route, but at least initially the Gemara says, oh, according to that, he only has to say Bafani Nechtam. Right? So it's pretty funny that here they are explaining the conditions and the requirements requirements of a Mishnah that they themselves don't even agree to the requirement of both parts of the phrase. Okay? So it's really it is a hard position. It seems very clear that all the Tanayim demand both parts. So we will, we're going to be revising this idea. But at this stage we are saying it's a Rebbe Eliezer, it's a Rebbe Yehuda position who sees both the writing and the signing as central to what makes it a get. Okay? So now we're going to take a look. So now what do we have done? 
let's think what we've done. We've laid out two explanations for what the Mishnah is. That was point number one. We analyzed the question about how could you believe one witness. Logically, you should need two. How does this institution make sense at all? Then we went ahead and we said, oh, I'm sorry, before we even got there, we said two fundamental different explanations. Lamai Nafkamino. What are some ramifications about it? Right? So it's such a beautiful, clearly presented. Here's the debate. Here are some theoretical nafkaminas. How does the institution work according to each side? Why do you allow for one witness? Okay. How does both parts of the phrase, Bafani Nikhtav and Bafani Nikhtam, work according to each side? Right? That's what the next stage, that's central. And now we're going to say, um, let's look at the rest of the Mishnah and see how the rest of the Mishnah plays out according to these two approaches. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. Tznan. We look towards in our Mishnah. Wouldn't really be, be Ede Ketiva Karte? You're saying Ede Mesira Karte, right? No, there are no Ede Ketiva. The funny, well... Okay, moving... I don't want to talk about it. Tznan. Rebbe Gamliel Omer. Ava maybe Now we get, and now this debate also allows us, not only is this trying to prove one side of the debate, it's now going to allow us to analyze what's going on in the rest of the Mishnah. Because there are debates in the Mishnah about the criteria, right? About what defines Medina Tayyam. So you remember the first debate, right, as we said, right, the first debate was, it was the Mishnah said, Hamevi get me Medina Tayyam, right? And then you had three positions explaining what that term Medina Tayyam meant. Right? What were the three positions? Okay, it says, Rav Namlio says, Medina Tayyam is, Filu, what is it? Meirekim Lecheger. Okay, right? Then what's the next slide? Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Gamliel Omer, Afilu, Afamei Meirekim Lecheger, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Afilu Mikfar Ludim Lulud. Okay, Mikfar Ludim Lulud. Tchachamim Omrim, Okay, Chachamim Omrim. Right? Um, okay, okay. Anyway, we'll get to Chachamim in a minute. But they say no, real Medina Tayyam. Okay? Now, here it is. Medina Tayyam sounds like far away, right? And Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer are saying, no, 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 it doesn't have to be from far away, even close. We don't exactly know the difference between Rekham and Cheger and Kfar Ludim, but clearly they're saying even close. And the Chachamim are saying far away. So here's a debate. Here's a question. Why, what's the debate about? Why would one, one opinion demand, say, only when it's really far away, and another opinion say, even when it's close? Okay? What is that debate about? And maybe we can understand this debate through the different reasons that have been put out about why to say, Right? Maybe it depends. Why are you saying this? Are you saying this because of witnesses? Are you saying this because of lishma? That might determine, that might help us understand what this debate is about. So that's what we're going to do now. Okay? So the Sounds like this. Tznan, Rabbi Gamliel Omer. Alpha maybe mina rekum mina cheget. Rabbi Eliezer Omer. Afilu mikfar ludim lulud. Even from kraludim to lulud. Amar Abai. Now Abai says by rayot has smuchol eretz Yisrael umuvlot betchum eretz Yisrael askinan. Okay, places that are near Israel and and swallowed up in Israel. Okay, so and uh, so what does that mean? Amar Rab and Rab says barbarchana ledidi chazili ahu asra. I saw that place. It was very short distance. So it was like from Beit Kubi to Pumpadisa. Now, what does that mean? It means, so it says like this. Um, um, it says that Rabbi Namliya, the way Rashi explains it is, imagine, you know, here's you've got your boundary of Israel, whatever. Okay, don't ask me to draw, draw an Israel map. Anyway, you've got your boundary. Okay, this is Smuchot. It's a city right near the border. Okay, and Rashi says, 
That's the position of Rabbi Gamliel. Even a city right near the border has to say. Rabbi Eliezer goes further and he says, even Muvaot. Muvaot would be something like this. It's right there. It's sort of like, can you see that? Right? It's like this. Right? So it's, it's near the border, but it's almost swallowed up. It's like surrounded on multiple sides with Israel. Okay? So different degrees of closeness. That's the debate. Okay? So... Now, now, why are they saying you have to say that close? And the Chachamim, where the Tanakhama says only when it's far away. So let's take a look. So when it Michlal, yeah, that's true. Michlal, the Tanakhama savar, the Tanakhama of the opinion. Hani lo No, 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 that close you don't have to. So what's that debate about? Whether is it enough that it be just over the borderline, or does it really have to be a distant location? So my lot, the Hakamisvagi. This is a great way to explain the debate in the Mishnah. The Marsavar, one of the opinion with Fishane became Lishma. The issue is now let me before we even look, figure it out for yourself. If the question were about the knowledge of Lishma, right, awareness of certain halachot, whatever that they don't know about outside of Israel, they know about in Israel, um, or if the issue is about being able to find witnesses. So if something is just over the border, according to which approach is that more of a problem? Witnesses or the Lishma? Did you say Lishma? Well, let me reframe the question. What types of things are most affected by political borders? Right? Travel, meaning cultural issues, knowledge of Lishma, right? Culture more transcends borders, you know, political borders. You see our spectacle, our skeptical. What about doing you have different education systems outside of the border? And oh, <laughs> you're thinking about national education systems. I don't think the system was that. that. Okay, but cultural issues. Let's think, let's think it was a question about cuisine, okay? Would you think cuisine would be affected necessarily by, a, a narrow, like, by just a political border? Cultural things more transcend borders, right? At least, I mean, not far away, no. But in the immediate environs, you're still within the same culture. But travel is more obviously affected potentially by political borders. Anyway, that's the... What? The distance? That's great. No, distance is, of course, relevant. Right. But when you're right close and you're not distant, if you're distant, everybody agrees that oh, you have to. Okay, but you're close but not distant. You're yeah. probably still within the same culture, but, you, but, it's, but it might be hard to travel and that's what the Gemara is saying and even more so if you're here okay but here and here are different degrees but that's in contrast to way out here in Medina Sayyam the way out in Medina Sayyam you clearly have problems both of witnesses and of the same knowledge and the same culture right so you both have Lishma and travel issues but here Okay, you might have travel issues because you're over the border, but if you're that close, and certainly if you're a Muvla, you probably have the same general awareness. You're probably part of the same culture. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm saying I'm saying between this and that. Okay, this is very hard. That's this is like a hair-splitting debate. Okay, but between this and that, okay, here you're going to have a travel issue, but uh, you, you might have a travel issue, but you probably will not have a lishma issue. Okay. Deal with that hair-splitting. Well, we'll get to it. Okay, my love, the Hakamifli. Isn't this what they debate? Tomorrow, several of Hishane became Lishma. It's because of knowledge of Lishma. The Hanikamiri, places that are close to Israel, even if they're on the other side of the border, know the law. 
And the other is of the opinion that no, it's a problem about travel and witnesses. And once you're over the border, you don't so always travel into the next country. Like I said, you know, the, the cuisine might be affected, the knowledge might be similar, but you don't, obvi- you don't easily travel into the next country. So that's a great explanation. That not doesn't explain this difference, but it's a great explanation of, those, of that debate. Medina Sayyam versus just over the border. So the Gemara says, well, you don't have to say it that way. Each one will explain it according to their own philosophy that it's only one of these that's an issue. Let's start with Lishma. His reason. It's about Lishma. It's about knowledge of Halacha. Here's the debate. Honey. That's the obvious position. The Tanakhama says, oh, it's only far away. These places that are right on the border, they know the Halacha. The says, look, a place like this, okay, that's Muvla, it's got, you know, everybody all around, like, knows that, okay, they're more likely to be influenced by the culture and the knowledge. This place knows the halacha. I will not require from Muvla. But Samuch, you know, if it's not surrounded, might not be affected. And I'm going to say that Smuchos might not actually know the halacha. Okay? So, look, I will concede that if it's Muvla, they, we can assume they know the halacha. But, um, but Smuchos, but just over the border, if you're not surrounded, I really am concerned that they don't know the same halacha. Now, what is Rebbe Eliezer going to say? Because Rebbe Eliezer, you know, you know, if you're completely surrounded by the whole culture, how is you don't know the halacha. So the Asa Rebbe Eliezer Lameimran Rebbe Eliezer says Muvlos Nami Lo you, you are not exempt if you're Muvla meaning you also have to say it if you're Muvla Why? Shelo Tachlok Bimdina Sayan which is basically a way of saying Lo Plug is like look I am not going to try and figure out on a case by case basis does this city how much halacha does this city know we're going to send out SAT tests and we're going to figure out and quiz everybody like we have to make rules and the rules are going to be in Israel or out of Israel, okay? I'm not going to evaluate case by case whether a particular place knows Lishma or doesn't know Lishma. Very logical. You want a legal system, you're going to have to make some concrete, simple, quantifiable rules, even if they don't always exactly match up to what your, your concerns are. So now the Gemara has explained that the debate is that Tanakama says, only distant places am I really concerned about. Nearby places, I'm not concerned. Rabbi Gamliel says, no. Even nearby, there are, it's not so obvious, there are some places that it's fit to be concerned about, but I will concede that some places are not a problem, even though they're over the border. And Rabbi Eliezer says we have to have a simple rule. Simple rule is, anything over the border has to say Lishma. Yeah, has to say Yeah, he's a formalist. Yeah, Jenna, what do you want to say? Yeah, because like, oh, you have the, the points of the continent around and by other cultures. Right, and, exactly. And you have to say how Muvla is Muvla and how whatever, and like, just whatever. Anything over the borderline. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So now the point says like this. Okay. So that Rava is hard for time. Now Rava is going to be about 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 Adam Mitzrayim Lakaimo, about getting witnesses and being able to validate their signatures. Okay. So that we require it when we're afraid that there won't be travel and that won't be able to happen. Okay. So. Um, everybody says that the problem is because there are no witnesses um, you can't get witnesses so easily that's, that's good Tanakama says look nearby places even if they are over the political border 
nearby places, there's enough travel and they're nearby and we're not afraid about the ability to get witnesses. So only faraway places is it an issue. The Yasser Rebbe Gamliel, Meimar Rebbe Gamliel says, "Muvlo shchichi, smuchas lo shchichi." Same point. I'll concede the point if it's muvla. If you're totally surrounded, there will be travel. But if it's over the border and not surrounded, there's not going to be so much travel. The Yasser Rebbe Gamliel, Meimar Muvlo, Snami lo shelotachot mivinatayam. No. Even if it's muvla, it's the, I agree. You might be right. There might be a lot of travel, but we have to be formalists. We have to say lo plug. We have to say anything over the border requires. So basically, the Gemara said that it came from a fundamental. Like it, the first explanation was more satisfying, right? Uh, the, the issue about close or far is a question about is it lishma or is it about adim? That's a really nice explanation. Then says no. Even if it's only about one idea, lishma, only about adim, you know, there's, every, there's a question about where do you draw the line? How much uh, of a lishma problem do you need before you start saying it, or how much are you a formalist and you say it as soon as you cross the borderline? So within any type of an issue, we could all debate. We could all agree on the principle and debate the particulars. So we could all agree it's Lishma, we could all agree it's Mitzrayim Lakaimo, and we still debate, is that go- are we going to demand that even by places that are nearby? And that's the debate going on in the Mishnah. It's yes. a very powerful methodological sort of principle. Mm-hmm. In other words, in a legal system, when is it appropriate not to be nuanced? Like right. When do you stop? Right. When are you context? Right. When are you formalist and when are you contextual? I mean, the ma- vast majority of the time, we're formalists because you can't have a legal system that you're evaluating everything on a case by case basis. Okay. Yeah. So now the Gemara says like this. Um, now, uh, fine. What? No, no. Okay. I, I missed that. Okay. Okay. Now, now let's go to the next stage of the Mishnah. The Chachamim Omrim. Now we were comparing these two to the Tanakama. Uh, the Tanakama just said Medina Tayam, and they're explaining it, but we were seeing Tanakama as a, as a different opinion, and as saying far away. Now, the Chachamim seem to say the same thing. The Chachamim say, But then it has the word, Okay, and the question was, was Molich back to the Tanakama, or was that part of what the Chachamim said? Okay, but let's take a look now what the Gemara does with that. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. Now, let's go to the next stage of the Mishnah. So now it's going to focus on Molich. It thinks that Molich is the words of the Chachamim, and it's going to say that that is what the Chachamim are introducing. So they're now introducing a new idea, that you have to say it not only when you come from Chutzarts to Israel, but even from Israel to Chutzarts. Now that seems perfect for this debate, right? Think for a minute. If it's about Lishma, do you have to say it when you're going from, from Eretz Yisrael to Chutzaretz? Pay attention, people. No. Okay? Because it's about that they don't know out in, the, out in the boondocks, they don't know. But if you're going from Eretz Yisrael to Chutzaretz, you don't have to say it. But if it's about travel, would you have to say it? Yes! We're going to travel one direction, travel the other direction, right? So that's a great question. So the Chumim are saying you have to say it when you go out, and the others are not. What's that debate about? Sounds like it's this debate. Okay? The Chumim when you bring it, if you bring it out to, to Medina Sayyam, from this you can infer that, that, the, that you don't have to bring, you know, say it when you go out. 
So what's that debate about? My love, this seems to be the debate. Tomorrow, several of became Lishma. One is of the position that it's about Lishma, the Hanigamir, and of course they know in Eretz Yisrael, so you only have to say it when you're coming from Chutz Laretz. Umar the other holds of Yishayin Edim Mitzvim Lukaimo. No, it's about the presence of Edim, the prevalence of Edim, and therefore, Vahaninami Lo Shrichi. So, it's also people from Chutz Laretz aren't uh, often visiting, uh, people from Eretz, the same way people from Chutz Laretz aren't often visiting Eretz Yisrael, the same is true in the reverse. Of course, now we got the opposite. People from Chutz Laretz always visit Eretz Yisrael, but not, well, it depends if you're on your year off after the army. Anyway, okay, so the verse says like this. So, any, what? I'm sorry? We're ignoring that earlier Rebbe Eliezer made a debate. Let's not worry about that right now, okay? We're now focusing on just the Rebbe Eliezer of the Mishnah. All right, so the Gemara says like this. So anyway, it seems like the question of whether you have to say it when you're going out of Israel is exactly the question of Rishma or Edim Mitzrayim Lekaimah. So the Gemara says, no, we're going to make it work according to each approach. Rabba Mitzrayim Lekaimah, Rabba Mitzrayim Lekaimah. Each one explains it according to the reasoning. Rabba Mitzrayim Lekaimah, that's about Lishma. Now, it's about Lishma. What's the logic that you have to say it in the opposite direction? So the Gemara says, T'chuli Amal Efishem Bikim Lishma, V'hacha, this is sort of like ramping it up one stage from being a formalist. We're not only going to be a formalist, but we're going to extend the formalism and make it symmetrical. So we're going to say, since you always have to say it when you come from out of Israel into Israel, we're going to be consistent and say you have to say it when you go from Israel to out of Israel. Okay? So that's for, because if you only require it in one direction, you get confused. Exactly. Now the funny thing is, who are you afraid is going to get confused? If this all is being overseen by a basin, you know, and there, of course, you might be able to deliver it before witnesses and not a basin. But I mean, once kittens start getting rejected, and, but okay, you don't want somebody to have slept all the way. Somebody will say, "What do you mean? I saw a guy come from Eretz Israel. He brought a get. He didn't have to say anything. So I'm delivering this get, and I'm not saying anything. You know, sorry, buddy. Right? So I mean, so you know, that's going to be a problem. So we might, might as well just have it always to require it. Yeah, Jenna. You want to set an example so that they right. Understand. Exactly, exactly. And if they don't know so much in Medina Fayyam and everybody who's coming from Israel is saying it, that's also a good, right, exactly. He's setting a good example. Okay? So, no, we're not afraid that if you, that, that, that bringing, you know, that bring, sending it out will lead to bringing it in. We don't require it sending it out, but we do require it when it's coming in. For No, in principle, we should only need it when you're bringing it into Israel, but we're going to make a they run say you're also going to demand it when you bring it out of Eretz Yisrael okay we're going to have a similar type of a requirement um, so therefore so nobody will get confused it will always get done that's how Rob explains it he has to make it exera there's no intrinsic reason why it should be quiet Let's take a look at Rava. So Rava Mitzar Tzaitaime. Rava explains according to his reasoning. It's all it's a problem about getting witnesses. Okay, Rabbanon. Now, so if it's a problem about getting witnesses, it should be obvious you need it in both directions, right? So how could how could somebody say you only need it going and not and not in the opposite way? Now, I want to say parenthetically there might be a good explanation which the Gemara isn't saying, which is that we actually uh, you know there was a, there was I mean, there was travel both from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel and Bavel to Eretz Yisrael for Talmud Torah, but it seems it was more from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel, that they were lead, traveling for Talmud Torah, the, that the, the Torah was stronger in Bavel, although it was in both directions. So anyway, it's sort of like now, except like I was sort of saying now, now more of the travel is from Chutzar to Eretz Yisrael. I mean, people have to go back home, but that doesn't matter. If you've got to find the witness, you're going to need, const- you're going to need a large number of people constantly coming, right, to, to your place. So if you want to be able to identify the witnesses. 
So it could be that the Tanakhama held that it's about witnesses, and the reason you only need it when you're going in one direction, like, is it the opposite? No, you need it when the witnesses, when the guy's coming in, because there's not so much travel into Israel, but you don't need it when it's going out, because maybe there is a lot of travel out of Israel. You could in theory say that, but the Gemara is not going to say it. Once it's about travel and witnesses, presumably you should need it in both directions, and the Gemara is going to say, so you know what? The second Rabbanan, when they say Hamolich, they're really just explaining. When we said Hamavi, we didn't just mean Hamavi. We meant whether it was Mavi or Molich. Which, by the way, the phrase Lifrushe Taima the Tanakama goes to exactly what I was saying was going on in the Mishnah. You had an early statement, Hamavi get me Dina Tayan, and you had a debate what the terms of that statement meant. No, it literally means Minina Tayam. So you know what the Gemara is saying? There's a similar debate about what word means. There's not only a debate about what the word Minina Tayam means, there's a debate about what the word Hamevi means. Is it Dafka Mevi? The same way, is it really only Minina Tayam or any place over the border? So when we say Hamevi, is it, is it means only Hamevi? Right, only when you're coming in? Or does it even mean when you're going out? Okay, so that's what the Gemara is saying, that really if it's about Edim, then it is whether you're coming in or going out, and when the Chamim add Hamolich, they're not debating. They're just clarifying that you really require it in both directions. Okay? So everybody good? Okay, so some of the debates in the Mishnah could be explained nicely depending on whether it's about Edim or about Lishma but the Gemara has said there's ways you can make you can take one position and explain it the question about where how far away how near could just be a question of degree and the question about Mezi versus Molich could either be a question about do we want to just be parallel and consistent so you shouldn't confuse it or are we clarifying that everybody agrees you need it in both directions and we were just clarifying yes He's been bothering me about the Lishma side of this. Torah was stronger in Babel. Why is Eretz Yisrael... Oh, right. So you know what? So you're right. So you're right. So you're right. And what I said before, just strike what I said before, because even if it's true in terms of Bavel, Medina Hayam is not Bavel. Medina Hayam is the diaspora, is the places where are not a lot of Jews living, not so learned. Bavel is not standard Medina Hayam. Okay? And the Gemara is going to get to that later, that Bavel has a special status. But conceptually, you know, Medina Hayam are the far-flung communities. Okay? Not the major center of We'll get to Bavel later. So I shouldn't have given that example. Okay, so let's take a look. The Gemara says like this. Um, let's keep on going in the Mishnah. Okay, and now this isn't even debated. So this is going to be a test for which position makes sense. So you've got a position that says, if you bring from one Medina to another Medina in Medina Tayam. Okay, so you're here and you're bringing from France to Spain. Where's France? Whatever. Is that good? Okay, I better not show how bad that's my geography and my drawing field. Anyway, fine. I know it's Spain. So okay. Anyway, so you're bringing from this. I don't know if that's Germany or France. Anyway, so you're bringing from Medina to Medina in Medina Tayam you have to say okay so uh, so that's what the Mishnah says okay so what can we infer from this now does, when you're bringing from Medina to Medina in Medina Tayam does it have a Lishma problem Yes. yes. Does it have an Edim Mitsuyim Lakaimo problem? Well, okay, but assuming, right, but if they're different Medina, we'll assume yes, okay? Yes. We'll assume any different Medina, yes. So clearly you have to say it's got both problems. Let's see what the Gemara says about this. Okay? 
But it sounds like if you had stayed within one Medina and Medina Tayan, it sounds like load Sarah, you wouldn't. Now one minute. I get the travel issue there, but there's still a Lishma problem. So Lerava Nicha, that's good for Rava, Lerava Kasha. So I get why if it's all within Spain, I get why you don't have to it's not a problem of signatures, but I don't get why you're not concerned about Lishma. So the Gemara says, one minute. No, no, you misread it. The implication here is not within one Medina you don't need. Even within one Medina you do need. So if even within one Medina you do need, why do you say from Medina to Medina? It's to come and tell you if you're in Medina Tayyam, you have to say it from Medina to Medina. But if you're in Eretz Yisrael, and it's between like, you know, Yehuda and Goliath, Medina Limdina, then you don't need to say it. Because it's really about Lishma. So if it's about Lishma, it's true. Even in one Medina, you have to say it. But we're saying Medina to Medina, you, you have to. So you should infer from... Now, of course, the logical thing to say is, to infer is that one Medina, you don't have to. But what the Gemara is saying is, no, one Medina, you do. But we're saying Medina to Medina, you do, to infer that Medina to Medina in Eretz Yisrael, you don't. Since it's all about Lishma, you don't. Wait, wait, let's just get a little further. Okay? Mozart. So the says, one minute. That's explicit in the Mishnah. Which sounds like you never have to say it. So the Gemara in, in Israel, the land of Israel. The says, "No, If it was that, I would say, That's only post facto. Which I don't know why I would have said that. Oh, it's that's pretty weak. Okay, it seems, seems pretty clear in the Mishnah. The obvious thing to infer here is that the same Medina, you do not have to say it. But the Gemara is say is saying, no, 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 that's not true. You do have to say it. It's about Lishma. It's just to tell you that Eretz Yisrael, you're totally golden. Okay, that's." That's Rabba's approach, but Rabba is now clearly getting out on a limb. Okay, Rabba is the one that's looking a little hard, a little more suspicious. Now let's take a look. The Ika the Mosiv Lahachi. Some ask it in the reverse. Which is again not the obvious inference. Ah, uh, here from one Medina to another, you have to. Which suggests that here from one Medina to another, Medina, you don't. Now, what's the logic about that if it's about travel? So the Mosiv says, For Rabbi, you understand why you don't between let's say Yehuda and Galil in Eretz Yisrael it's all about Lishma but Lerav Akasha but if it's about Edim then it should be a problem who cares whether it's Israel or not Israel it should all be about one Medina to another there really should be no special status of Israel altogether Israel should be irrelevant it's Medina to Medina right? I mean that's really the question to ask which is according to Rava who cares about Israel? who cares about the land of Israel? it's all about Medina to Medina so why does the Mishnah sound so the better way to frame this is not from a deal. The better way to frame this is why does the Mishnah say in the land of Israel you never have to say? Whatever happened to the problem of travel and the problem of Medina to Medina? Who cares about whether it's in the land of Israel or not in the land of Israel? So the Gemara says no. Don't say from one Medina to another you don't have to. Because you do have to. It's actually claiming in, from one Medina. No, what it's saying is that when you're within Spain you don't 
have to say uh, you, because it's all about travel. But so the Gemara is saying one minute. So fine. But what are you trying to tell me? Uh, um, so the Gemara says, so, so wait. Let me get this straight, Rava. You're telling me that you're saying that in the land of Israel, from one Medina to another, you do have to say. I mean, I get why that fits your position, but but you know, but the Mishnah says in Israel you don't have to say. Don't make it about Israel. Say when you bring from one Medina to another, you have to. Okay? So clearly, in Israel, from one Medina to another Medina, you don't have to. Right? Because it says, Medina to Medina in Medina Hayam. According to you, Rava, it should just say Medina to Medina. Why does Eretz Yisrael make a difference? So the Gemara says, you're right. Fine. You know what? You're right. I can see the point. It's pretty explicit in the Mishnah. From one Medina to another in Eretz Yisrael, you don't have to say it. Now, how am I going to justify that? If it's based on Adim, here's how I'm going to justify it. Lotar. The Kiran, the Ika, Ole, Regalim, because you know what? Within the land of Israel, the difference of one Medina to another is not big. Is there Yehuda? Is there Galil? Fine. There's a lot of travel within the land of Israel. The Kiran, the Ika, Ole, Regalim, people come up for the for, for Regal, Mishkach Shichi, there are a lot of people, uh, at least in one direction. A lot of travel. There's a lot of travel. All right. But it doesn't really, it's one direction well, travel. Right. But okay. Back, Fine. Back. Yeah, but you don't get, it still doesn't work both ways. Anyway, the Gemara says one minute. That's good when there's a Beis HaMikdash, right? You're saying the mission was written only for the time of the Beis HaMikdash? Bizman she ain't Beis HaMikdash kaya Michael and Eimah, but no Beis HaMikdash. So, Kim of the Ika, Bate Dinim, Dekvi, Mishkach Shichi. Yes, because there are fixed courts, and again, again, I don't know why six courts mean. I guess people travel, and presumably in like Yerushalayim or whatever was a more of a center, and they had six courts, so people more travel to the center, and therefore there would be a lot of travel. And I do have to still tell you, travel doesn't necessarily mean it's equal in both directions. So it's not so obvious when I'm going to Yerushalayim out to some distant village, why they don't get me say Bafani Nechtav, because that distant village is never going to see somebody else from Yerushalayim for another ten years, you know. So it's like it's one thing people coming in but you could say anyway whatever it doesn't exactly you have to sort of figure out how it makes sense how travel in one direction can allow this problem to be solved but the Gemara's basic answer is you're right it sounds like there's special status here to Israel but we're not going to explain it based on Lishma we're going to explain it based on Edim and Suyim Lakaimo. so at this stage we've worked through the debate of the Mishnah we've worked through most of the other statements of the Mishnah we're not done we'll continue with that and although some of them seem to fall very neatly on the lines of Adim or Lishma, we're able to explain how they can be, make sense consistently um, with one approach. And we'll continue with this tomorrow.